welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Going to go to the Word today uh, at the end of this service. Maybe if this is your first time in church, for those of you that it's not, you'll understand where we're going. But I do believe today that God is going to release a powerful anointing as we come together around the altar and allow God to break bondages off our lives. You know, I'm reminded of when Paul wrote to the Galatians who had come into the born-again experience, had got set free from bondages, but now those same people found them back in a place where they were under a bondage that he said was a curse that they'd allowed into their lives. And it's interesting because the curse he said came in, not through some spirit over the region, not through some demonic this or that, but through their thinking where they'd now gone to the place where they'd come out of faith and gone into a place of works. And they started to believe that they were going to live righteously by their own effort. And he says, someone has betwixt you, someone has cursed you. I must break this thing from your life. And so in... Uh, at the end of this service, we're going to make sure that every single person that wants to stand in faith believing that Jesus nailed every curse to the cross, that we can appropriate that by the confession of our mouth and see a breakthrough of release come into our lives. Don't get too excited about it because it will shift something in the atmosphere. Help me significantly though. So as I prepared for today... I thought about the fact that God has asked us to continue in a certain zone. This is our True North series. We are a Bible-believing, people-empowering, soul-winning church. It's interesting that uh, some churches have a goal to uphold a truth that is kind of outside of what might be the centre point of what God called us to, winning people to Christ. But I believe, as the Bible outlines for us, that we've been given a great commission to go, to baptise, and to teach. And we want to stay true to that. As we, as we do that, we have to be honest with ourselves and realise that it's more difficult now than ever before to keep the fire that we first received when we were born again. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's like you get born again and God puts a fire on the inside of you and it's like, gosh, could it ever be this good? Then it seems like life conspires against us to take that fire away. And I'm like, oh God, I just... I just Oh, really, there's so many different things that conspire against us in life to take the fire away. I think that's why Paul wrote, wrote to Timothy and he says, I, I can, I'm here to encourage you to fan into flames the gift that's on the inside of you. Basically, he was saying, you know what, Timothy, you're going to have to learn to set yourself on fire. Don't wait for someone else to set you on fire, a song to set you on fire, a sermon to set you on fire, but you're going to need to learn to fan into flame yourself the fire originally given. And I think in doing that, the main thing that has come against me in taking the fire out of my life is actually consumerism. And I've had to be so intentional on conquering consumerism in my own life. This thought that the entire world is my oyster. It is not your oyster. I'm sorry. It's not your oyster. This is your training ground. This is your testing place. This is something God has given you to steward. Actually, the Bible says that the world is my inheritance. I've inherited this place and now God is looking to me to look after this place. How crazy is that in a good way? We're not 
going to do all that God has told us, called us to do without conquering this thing called consumerism. I believe it with all of my heart that the Bible is clear on the fact that we are a people that are called to live a different way to the people in the world. Nothing against the people in the world, but there gotta be something different about us, don't you think? That when pressure comes, we don't buckle, we put pressure on pressure with what God has given us and we see the breakthrough. I'm trusting God today for a supernatural outpouring of understanding for every single one of us, that we would come into a place where the divine healing of God actually manifests where we need it most. I do believe that God wants to heal us in our physical bodies. He wants to heal us in our relationships. I love the song that we were singing. It actually has right in there that whole area of healing of the heart that flows into relationships. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed by God and He went around doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed by the devil. You know, often in life, we're looking for someone to blame, point the finger at. I'm sorry. I'm gonna make it clear for all of us. 99 times out of 100, 999 times out of 1,000 maybe, the finger can be pointed at one individual. The Bible says that His mission is to steal, kill and destroy. His name is the devil. He's the enemy of your soul. And the Bible says we don't, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in high places. And today the devil is being exposed by the light of God. His authority has been taken off. And you're gonna come into a brand new day of freedom in your thinking. And then if you'll take that, activate the choice that God gives you, you're gonna go into a brand new day. I'm asking God for economic overflow. And I'm unashamed about it. I'm unashamed about it because I know what my inheritance is in God. I know what I've been called to do. I wanna keep myself on fire, but there are some practical things as we look at becoming vision builders in 2019 that we must realise. Can I take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 8? I've been studying a church called the Macedonian Church over the last few weeks because I find it shows up so many times in the book of Acts and it shows up so many times in the rest of the epistles of the New Testament. And, And then here in this portion of Scripture, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church who is probably a lot like the modern Christian church today. It's got a whole bunch of schisms going on. It's got a whole bunch of conflicting ideas going on. It's got some crazy relationships within it. So much so where crazy, crazy stuff is going on between people that are related to each other. And Paul writes to them just to kind of hit them right in the middle of it the first letter. Then in the second letter, he takes this different approach. He becomes becomes really vulnerable and starts talking about how difficult it is to do what's called ministry as a leader. And, And he talks to them about the fact that all the troubles he'd been through during the times of his own trouble, God poured out compassion on him that helped him and encouraged him. And he said, even though I'm going through it right now, he says, this compassion I'm receiving in my trouble means that I can now bring compassion to you for when you go through your troubles. And he starts saying, it's not just about me getting through my trouble and having some compassion. It's actually about me carrying something that I can impart to you. Because you're not just called to conquer consumerism, you're also called to cultivate compassion. 
And can I encourage us as a people that if we're going to be authentic followers of Christ, we've got to know how to cultivate compassion based upon the compassion of Christ, not based upon what we've been through. Because often we're, we find it easy to be compassionate with people that are going through the same stuff we're going through. But then if they're going through something else, we say, oh, you just need to put your big girl pants on and get through it. Am, am I right? But actually, actually, the Bible says that this compassion that we're supposed to cultivate amongst our relationships should go beyond that. That even if you don't understand it, compassion flows. So that everywhere we go, we can be a people that would actually convey Christ. Turn to somebody and say, convey Christ. It's an interesting thing to look at because convey, convey means to communicate, to impart and to make known. It means all of us can be involved in that, but it's not just communication, there's impartation. And it's not just communication and impartation. He said, I want you to make Him known. I want you to make Jesus famous. He's already famous from a historical point of view, but I want Him to be famous in every single generation. So here in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1, that was a long-winded intro, wasn't it? Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. Can I just remind you today that what we're doing here in Pitching Vision Builders, what we do every week with covenant giving, we do it from an understanding of free will. It's, it's, it's a free will thing. We, <laughs> I'm sure there are people who say, if you go to that church down there, they make you give this amount of money. That's just not the truth. We preach the truth and it's up to us as individuals to respond from our own will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give to themselves, give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to. I missed out one verse. Did you notice? Of course you did. <laughs> For I can testify, verse 3, that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers. It's crazy, huh, as you read it? They were tested by many troubles and poor, but they were filled with abundant joy, which overflowed in rich generosity. That was a supernatural thing. They gave far more than they could afford, which was a supernatural deal. Imagine being in a church where people beg time and again to be involved in the privilege of giving. I've been involved in that church. It's called C3 Rockingham. No, honestly. I've been involved. There's people here that they're just consistently there with that. 
abundant joy that overflows out of generosity. It's not connected to some natural deal that they've got this secret kind of supply that they can just constantly draw upon. But the faith just keeps going into that zone. How does this relate to us today? Well, I think it relates to those of us that find ourselves in an abundantly blessed season. Many of you find yourself in an abundantly blessed season. So giving in the year ahead over and above what you normally do to vision builders will be a matter of facts. It'll be rational. It'll be like spreadsheets up there and this is what can work. For those finding themselves in a time of testing and trouble, giving beyond your ability might seem irrational. How could, I, how could God even expect me to do anything in here? But the, the Macedonian church didn't see it like that. They found this abundant joy overflowing into generosity and the Bible said they did what they could afford and much more. Their their giving was about a faith decision, not a fact decision. So Paul continued in this portion of Scripture and he said, So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I'm not commanding you to do this. Check out what Paul says here. I think he might have been pretty clever in what he said here, but very honest. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor so that by His poverty He could make you rich. For people of faith, the Bible says that it's not about the circumstances. It's not about the facts. It's about your faith staying in that true north position and seeing yourself as a partner. I think it's really interesting to note that Paul says they gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. God wants you to give your life to Him, but He also wants you to give your life to a local church. It's a crazy thought. He actually continues on in that verse and says, just as God wanted them to. God wants you to give yourself to a purpose that's greater than yourself. That's where consumerism confuses things. It gets us to a place where I give my life to the Lord, but then I can just kind of grocery shop for my Christian supply. Seriously, it's like I can just grocery shop. Podcast here, visit there do that there, online there. But here, Paul says, Macedonians, they're incredible. They gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. And not so that we can just serve one man's ministry, but to serve a mission that God has given us as a church. How does it relate? It relates to us conquering that consumerism. I found these incredible thoughts from Charles Spurgeon that Pastor Chris gave to me this week. Listen to this. He penned this many years ago. He said, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, 
if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries and amusements is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. If your charities do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do because our charitable expenditure excludes them. Charles Spurgeon, in cultivating generosity, we need to understand that it's the life that God's called us to live. In Isaiah 2, in verse 2, it says that in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised far above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. I do believe that the days ahead are, a day, are days of great challenge, but also great blessing. I do believe that God is intent on bringing His message of love, of mercy, of compassion to every single person in our city. It's great to be called at times to other parts of Australia and other parts of the world to bring the Gospel to others. But I think that is really not as powerful as bringing it to my neighbour. There's that song that we sing that says, you know, bring it to to your neighbour and to the nations. I think sometimes we're happy to go to the nations, but we're not happy to go to the neighbour because we're going to have to see the neighbour every day. Actually, you're going to have to live next door to the neighbour, possibly, and you've told them you're a Christian and when you're about to have a Barney with the other person in your home and start shouting at each other, this wouldn't happen in your home, but it could possibly happen in my home. You're about to have that and you realise that the door's open, the window's open and they're just next door. And you've just been sharing how you go to church every Sunday and how beautiful Jesus is. But right now the sounds coming out of your home aren't so beautiful. No wonder some of us are reluctant to take the Gospel to our neighbours. Because it's pretty easy to take it to the nation because <laughs> I'm hiding behind the other stuff that's going on at home. I don't like being a Christian in the gym. I really don't because this guy has overstayed his welcome on the machine that I need next. (laughs) Hello. Or he's bumped in on my machine not recognising that I'm already there and now I've got to play the nice game. Find something else. Do you know know what I'm saying? It's kind of, well, you would if you went to the gym. Anyway, moving on. Father, forgive me for my carnality. Uh, Forgive me. Do you even lift? Ah. Honestly, God has a desire to bring forth a spiritual awakening. Turn our hearts on fire for Jesus. I could be cute if I tried hard and talk to you about spiritual awakening from all the different aspects that would probably cause a lot of cheering and shouting. And I could just admit out of it the fact that Jesus spoke more about money and its ability to capture our heart 
and draw us away from Him. I could be cute and leave that part out, but it would be an injustice. It would be an injustice to your journey in God. It's crazy how people just kind of want to forget that Jesus did speak to the rich young ruler who wanted to know what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. And if you look at the end of the story, he was saying, I I, I kind of sense I don't have it. And at the end, Jesus made it clear. He says, you don't have it because this stuff has you instead of you having it. He says, if you can't give it away, it owns you. You only give away what you own. But if it owns you, it holds you. He said, where your treasure goes, your heart will also follow. And I believe what Charles Spurgeon was saying was pretty spot on. He says, you know, if what's coming in financially is going more towards comforts and luxuries than it is to charity, to giving, then you're in the wrong zone. Paul speaks to the Galatians and says, who's brought you under this curse? Let me just deal with the other side of curses today. Some of us are sitting in a place where we've not walked into the full inheritance of God because we've not taken out time and attention to bring all of the influences of curses in our world to the cross and nail them there. I do believe that the breaking of curses over my life and others takes place simply, quickly, and easily by the declaration of the power of God, it's not complicated. I don't believe you need to go through days and weeks of fasting, praying and believing for it to take place. I believe it takes place as we bring it to God with faith. I'm about to go into a declaration, breaking curses, releasing the blessing of God and I want to do it for each and every one of you. I want to do it because I believe there's great power in it. In fact, we were together in prayer on Wednesday night when God reminded me of the discipline and we prayed right there for all of you in the meeting and then after I finished it, God said, you need to do this publicly so it can be declared corporately over the church and released in the atmosphere so that the devil knows we've just served notice on him. It can be a little bit awkward for some of you. It can be different. It can be strange. But if you'll set your heart in agreement, if you'll just be open to what God wants to do in nailing that thing, I believe you'll sense the shift and the change. Do you have seven minutes of standing in you? Are you sure? You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to stand. But I just think that when God does something powerful in your life, He wants your attention and He wants you to recognise that it takes a different posture to walk into a brand new day. Could I pray with you? Could I make this declaration over your life? Before we go ahead and fill out our commitment cards and come to the altar, I, I want you to know that when your seed faith goes into the ground, it's going to be curse free. It's going into good ground. The ground is your heart. I believe that relationships are going to change from this day forward. I believe that health is going to change from this day forward. I I do believe 
that your financial overflow is going to go to a whole new level from this day forward. So Father, I want to thank You right now for the precious blood of Jesus that activates our relationship with You. For every single person in the room, God, we do not stand in a place of intimidation or fear. We stand in a place of faith. So Father God, I come to You today and I bring every member of C3 Rockingham and their family before Your throne as we remind ourselves of our blood covenant relationship through Jesus Christ. I come before You to make this appeal and declaration as we thank You for the angels assigned to minister to us as heirs of salvation as I make this declaration. That our blood covenant with Jesus Christ gives us specific legal rights. We have a legal right to be free from curses, the enemy's control, and to possess our God-given birthright. We have a legal right to reap good things where good seed has been sown. We rejoice, righteous judge of the universe, as we bring our petition before You. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask You to open the books of our family lines to the beginning of time. We acknowledge that there were those in our family lines that entered into covenants with demons. We acknowledge that this is iniquity and that there are curses that have been invoked because of the commercial exchange between man and demons and they are binding. We acknowledge that our forefathers enter into covenant with the enemy that invoke curses from your hand. We acknowledge the ramifications of these curses in our family lines because of iniquity. But I declare to the dynamic I declare to the demonic realm that even though those covenants have power, though there has been iniquity, we have a higher legal right because of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our precious cornerstone. We apply the proclamation of our lips and through our legal authority, sever all influence from our family line to those covenants and we sever all agreements that have been made or entered into. I sever every agreement with demons and annul such agreements, cancelling them. I renounce and remove covenants with death. I renounce exchange of power over future generations. We confess and renounce our sins and those of the generations in our family line back to the beginning of time that have empowered the enemy. Right now, why don't you take a moment just to recognise that there are sins that you need to renounce over your family line. Why don't you take a moment now to recognise that through the humility of a repentant heart, you're opening the door for the power of God to enter in. Come on, take a moment now. I call to attention those demonic strongholds that have established an unholy alliance with jealousy in our family lines, particularly death, infirmity, Freemasonry, false religion and every financial curse. I call each of you to attention and sever the alliance between each of you. I sever any demonic reinforcing coming from the land, the buildings or the community. We appeal to you, Most High God, Righteous Judge of the Universe, that these covenants are not just or righteous according to the supreme law that you, God, have established. And we ask you to annul every unholy covenant or agreement that was made by us or by people in our family with others or with the enemy. We ask You, God, to sever agreements between human beings and the demonic realm where those agreements empower the spirit of jealousy, either directly or indirectly. I proclaim that because we have entered into a blood covenant with Jesus Christ, we have a legal right to receive everything that God has or will give to us. We have a legal right to health. We have a legal right to 
beauty, to mental acuity, to skills, to talents, to spiritual gifts, to family, to wealth, to fame, to ministry, to open doors and the right to profit from our work, our ministry and from our businesses. We declare the truth that God will prosper all that we set our hands to do. We declare that we have a right to reap good things where we have sown good things. We declare that we have a higher legal right and that the blood of Jesus is sufficient to break the power of every curse that has come against us, to break the power of demonic structures and strongholds that has been erected. And because of our renunciation and the blood of Christ, we receive the cleansing. We receive the cleansing that You have promised in Your Word. We send every curse that has come against us and we nail them to the cross of Christ. We nail them there covered by the blood of Jesus and we ask You, Father, to render them null and void. We bring the cleansing forward in every branch of our family line from the beginning of time, from generation to generation to the present, to fathers, to mothers, to children, to their children's children and to all our physical and spiritual seed to a thousand generations. And now because of the legal right has been removed from the confession and application of the blood of Jesus, we command in the Name of Jesus that every devouring demon that used to be empowered by every curse brought against us be gone now from every member of our family, from every member of our church, from our physical and spiritual seed. We command You to go to the nether regions and never return. We ask You, Most High God, to send Your cleansing angels to dismantle every device and structure that the enemy had erected over every household, their family, their home, their ministry, and to build a fortress of righteousness in that place. A fortress of righteousness in that place. We ask You, Father, to release now every blessing that has been held back by curses, to restore everything that the enemy has stolen from them. We ask You to release financial blessing over our family and C3 Rockingham. We ask You to release the blessings of favour and to release every blessing necessary that has been accrued in heaven for them to possess as their birthright. We command wholeness and healing to everybody. It is our right to receive it under the blood covenant. We ask for our bodies to come back into alignment with the divine design for abundant life. We ask for a release of unstoppable joy. We ask for a release of unstoppable joy. So it is a continual source of strength to every person. We ask these things because You are a just and holy God. We worship You for Your holiness and Your love. And we thank You in the Name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and Amen. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.